We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, it is the first day of fall camp. The season is upon us. It is a glorious day. I'm not going to lie. I've been depressed for half of the day because I wasn't at practice today. But uh, you guys did a great job. We have a lot of football to talk about. Vince D'Addario, our football analyst at Irish Breakdown, is with us. Um, I'm Brian Driscoll, the publisher. Sean Davis will be with us here in a little bit once he gets home from his drive to Chicago. Uh, we're going to talk all that we saw, that they saw today at Notre Dame's practice, which was yeah. practice number one of the season. And then we'll follow it up with our mailbag. So, uh, you know, we'll have Ryan Roberts will join us later when we go to the mailbag. So we got a lot for you today, Vince. But first of all, just kind of big picture, Vince. How, yeah. how what, I mean, look, recruiting this offseason has been insane. Yes. I mean, it's been a ton of fun to talk about and all that. But, man, at the end of the day, Buddy, this is where it's at. It's football. No right? doubt. This is why you recruit. It's to get the football. Right. How, well, I mean, just being back at it, man, just kind of share your thoughts of what it was like to be back on the practice field with Notre Dame. Well, first you talked about the recruiting angle, right? Like we've been talking about 23 and 24 kids for the last three, four months or even more, right? And now it's fun to actually talk about guys that are currently enrolled at Notre Dame and who are going to play uh, this mm-hmm. fall. And the I would say the overall feeling at the camp, it was high energy. There's a lot going on. Now, I will also say that that energy declined a little bit because the weather is just so thick. You know, it wasn't overly hot, but the humidity was so thick that you could tell guys were feeling it, specifically the guys in the trenches. Sure. Um, So that is part of of this. Okay. I I will say that. that. And let me also say before people freak out, because I know that you put out the practice report and all that fun stuff. These guys are in great shape. Mm-hmm. Or that's what fall camp yeah. is for. And, and, okay? and we see it every year. I mean, I, wasn't Absolutely. it Ronnie Stanley one year at Culver was like first day at Culver was like uh, in, under the tent. Right. The year that he was a consensus All-American. Right. right. I mean, right. One of the kids was puking <laughs> in the trash can. It's you know a little different I mean? when you're like, 315 pounds. Right. Exactly. I, we were, I, I looked at Sean and I was like, Man, it's this is uh, this is a bit of a struggle being here, and I go, right. and I'm standing here. You know what I mean? Like these guys are actually pushing other 300 pound guys around and doing some different things. Well, so, they did a lot of stuff outside today too. Which it was, was all outside. Was good, yeah. The whole practice yeah. was outside. I love the, that. Only, the only thing that was indoors was stretching. That was yeah, it. I love and it was that. outdoors. So I love that. So yeah, I I wanted to get that out of the way first because I know that you know 
Fisher and, and Zeke, they had their mm-hmm. shoulder pad. You know what? First practice, that's okay. Right. You know, because I'm not going to kill my when guy it, on day one. And it was a longer practice. Coach Freeman talked about that. Okay. And okay. the other thing he talked about was, you know, they're doing more to get other guys reps. So there was a lot of questions that we had in the chat about, you know, hey, what are your thoughts on the longer practices? And I'm like, well, gotcha. uh, the way that practices are scheduled, you can get certain so many hours a week in right during camp and then during the season. So most teams don't use their full hours, right? Because there's this new thing in college football of shorter practices, more tempo, which sure. is fine. But I also think there's merit to longer practices if you're going to do what they did today, mm-hmm. which was make sure you're getting more reps in for your twos and your threes as part of the longer practice. Right. And yeah, and there was there was tons of reps for ones and twos. Right. There were limited reps for threes, but that's to right. be fairly expected. You don't the normally threes, see them in the right. first practice. The threes were mostly freshmen, you know, that kind of a thing. Right. Uh, but it was mostly ones and twos, like 90% ones and twos. Mm-hmm. And I would say like 10% threes, Which, but you're right. Yeah, you don't normally see the threes. A lot, and that's about a what 10% addition on the practice. I would argue based and, on what we're saying. So, and remember we talked about this before too, when they were at Culver, they would send those threes or the young guys right. off to a completely different field. Yeah. Go do stuff. And everybody was together the whole time, you know, practicing together, doing the whole thing, high tempo, that kind of a thing. So yeah, I, I overall I think it was a great practice. I, I think the energy was up. Everything was good. It was really there, good. There's some bad news from today. Uh, Marcus Freeman announced after practice something that we have been anticipating for a while that Joey Tanona's career at Notre Dame is already over. And uh, Joey got in a car accident in the winter, and he just has not been able to recover. They have wow. tried a couple times to get him back in the flow of things, and it just hasn't worked out. Mm-hmm. So. He will not. He will no longer be part of the program from uh, from a playing standpoint. And he is, from what I understand, he's going to stay at Notre Dame, get his degree. Because Good. if you medically retire, you stay on scholarship. Right. You just your scholarship no longer counts towards the eighty five, which is Correct. what Notre Dame has been able to do to get back down. That that that's why we had said a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the offensive line that, that you know. There's something going on that's going to allow him to get to 85, and that's the situation. And it's Fair enough. it's a it's a bummer for Joey because I mean, number one, it's a bummer for any kid, but you know he's right. a really good football player. And he didn't right? even start his yeah. college career. I mean, right? He never right. even got to spring ball. Yeah. I mean, it was done like even before spring ball started. So <sighs> that's like, pretty early on in his time in Notre Dame. So I uh, feel for the kid, and and but uh, you know, obviously he wasn't going to contribute mm-hmm. this year, but for the future, it's it's certainly a bummer. And sure. Factored into why Notre Dame was willing to go to six offensive linemen this year. And and so we'll, we'll get, but we'll get in the offensive line too. Now, right. just so y'all understand, we're going to focus more so on the offense today. And then we'll focus more on defense and other practices just so we can kind of set a jack of all trades, masters of none, try to really specialize on one part of it. And we'll try to do a little bit differently than maybe we've done it in the past. And that's what I want to kind of do this year. So we're going to focus on the offense and, and on the skill players, because again, as I've said to Vince before, it's hard to play defense without pads on. Right. And it's also hard to be an offensive lineman and really gauge offensive linemen without pads on. So we'll yeah. have some takeaways from them, but they'll be a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit focused on different aspects of, of how practice goes. Because obviously practice number one, no pads on, just helmets. Well, jerseys, they actually they had, they had shoulder pads on, which well, I was shocked No, about. those aren't those aren't shoulder pads. Those are um, – they're not like shoulder pads, shoulder pads. They're like these protective pads to, to, they, they kids wear now in college oh, really? to kind of just because they're still banging that goes on. Oh, 100%. Yeah, That's what I was saying. Cause there right. was, there was some pops like they right. they were popping each other. Right. So, okay. All right. But I don't believe it's like shoulder pads, shoulder pads. Gotcha. Uh, so okay. it's, it's a little bit of a different, it's a little bit of a different thing. So it, it is kind of interesting. 
but it's a little bit of a different it's a little bit of a different uh thing than than your normal like football shoulder pads i believe we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Vince, let's, um, man, I think we know where everybody wants to start, right? Of course. Well, let's talk. Start, start I want to start. And, and look, <laughs> you know, we'll just kind of get this out of the way now. Uh, this isn't a, anything specific. Just look. Day one, there's always going to be conditioning issues. We've seen it every year. As I've said, we've seen all Americans go out on day one right? Uh, because of, of heat. We've seen that in the past. And especially on day one, because your energy level is so much higher, it drains you a lot faster. You're going to have timing issues. You're going to have misses and those type of things. And right. so, like, when you look at quarterbacks, there's going to be some place you're like, okay, that's day one. Typical, we call it day one. We call them day one mistakes is what we always call it in coaching, right? So – Outside of that stuff, Vince, I really want to dive into I want to dive into just how the, the quarterbacks look. And sure. obviously Tyler Buckner. I've had a chance to talk to you guys. I've had a chance to talk to a couple other sources that were at practice today. Hopefully they're saying and, the same thing I did. And they did. <laughs> and it sounds like uh number 12, Tyler Buckner, yeah. uh, had a really good first day of practice. Look, the, again, with the whole recruiting and everything we've been talking about, it feels like people have forgotten about Tyler Buckner. And look, this kid is special, okay? He's special. The offense is different when he is behind center, plain and simple, right? Um, there, there were times where you know he was he was throwing off different platforms and being super accurate. They, like I said, they were running some red zone stuff, and there was some design quarterback keep stuff. And I mean, he was just waltzing into the end zone because you have to respect the running back situation. You have to respect these receivers, but then you also have to respect Tyler Buckner's legs. And they weren't respecting Tyler Buckner's legs. And he was, like I said, he's just, he's a, he's dynamic when he's behind center and nothing that he did today made me think otherwise. I will say that I I was, I was very impressed with Tyler. Um, He's clearly the starter in my opinion, in Vince's opinion. And didn't he take predominantly all the, the, I would say he took 95% of the number one reps. Uh, You know, they, they put drew in here and there, but it was mostly Tyler, you know, and it was very clear who was one, who was two, who was three, and who was four for that matter. So that was, um, so that part of it was very clear. 
and the play on the field back that up right. in my opinion as well well talking to you guys and some different sources i think the one thing that stood out was that i kept hearing the word command mm-hmm. today from tyler like yes. he showed a lot of command he didn't look last year like that freshman that's kind of like looking around waiting for somebody right. else to take charge he's not a super vocal guy that's just not who he right. is right but you know, whether you call it presence or whatever the case they may be from what I, you know, again, talking to you, talking to sources, the command they showed today is important. And that, that's something that you're going to need to see the other players around him are going to need to see Vince. No doubt. And that's, we talked about that. Like, what are we looking for from him? Yeah. I'm looking for his footwork and I'm looking for, you know, where he places the ball and all of those things. Those are really, those are important things, right? right. No doubt. But it's, and we will talk about those, but it's, what is his command of the offense? What is his command of the team? For that matter, look, the quarterback is a different position, right? You need to be a leader of the entire team, not just of the offense. And I saw a lot of that today, more so than I ever saw in the past. Right. And I think that's really, really important. Again, under the scope of this is one practice, I liked what I saw. I will say that. Yeah. It looked like the ball was kind of jumping out of his hand a little bit, a little bit more today, too. I used the word. Yeah, I you know. used the word nonchalant uh, when yeah. I was talking to you about he's he's, eff- he's effortless. Yes, right. and that's a be- right. much better term because you, you were struggling to find like the word to yes. use because it is almost like was he slacking and you're like no, but it's just like he is a really effortless yes football player and yes. I think it's smooth. He's just really it is a, very smooth. he was he was smooth in the pocket today. Right, absolutely, and his his footwork in some of the individual drills and things like that is bar none better than every other guy wearing a red jersey. I mean, he was very, very good with his footwork today. He's the only one that wasn't getting coached up on that aspect of his game. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it it was very clear he had that down. And they were doing some footwork drills where they were kind of going back and forth, straddling a pad, and then they would throw off balance and, and have to get their body like turned around. And he nailed it. He nailed it. And he never got stopped from doing that drill. Tommy Reese stopped the other three guys at some right. point or another to kind of coach them up. I did see that in the videos that, you said. On that drill, right? Yeah. So uh, I was very impressed with his footwork. But again, to me, that's kind of expected. He's supposed to have the best footwork of the four of them. That's why he's the number one guy, right? Um, but his throwing motion is so effortless to me. Like, he just kind of, he's just back there and it's just he throws it and it's like, Soop! it just gets out of yeah. his hand. He throws a little sidearm. He throws a little three-quarter. Like, he's all over, and it's accurate every time. That right there was a big thing from today's practice. What you just said, and again, I want to make sure he's doing that in practice six, seven, eight, nine, and ten, but that's a really important thing because one of the things that I noticed in a lot of the videos you guys sent me in the spring, what we saw from Tyler in the fall as I'm watching him in pregame, the thing that made Tyler so special in high school is he could change arm slots and still yes. be accurate and still throw velocity. Mm-hmm. Last year, there was a lot of times when I saw him in either in practices of the video I got or in pregame and even some in the actual games where right. he wasn't as good with his change. Now, he would change arm slots, but if it was beyond just like a little dump off to Chris Tyree, he wasn't as accurate right. with that. So to see him back to to his arm, he looked so much more. You know what it is, Vince? He looked more comfortable with his throwing motion. Whatever it is, he looks more comfortable with whatever changes he's made today. And I think you could say he looked more comfortable, period. It looked but but that the the big one is that. Yeah. But the fact that he was able to change arm slots and still get zip and accuracy on the ball, that's the guy that was the five star quarterback in high school. 
Absolutely. And to see that again, first day, non-contact, got the red jersey on, all that kind of stuff, all the caveats. We get that's first practice. Yeah, right. And you see him practice 10, but it's better than not seeing it. <laughs> yeah, so, right. That was Absolutely. a big part from today's can, practice. Can we bring up that comment from Kyle? I want to is it because it's kind of talks about what we're what we're uh, going over right now. This right here? Yeah, that's the one. He, Kyle okay. N says, what do you guys think about multiple reporters saying that Tyler Buckner was limited in the red zone because they didn't allow him to use his feet? Multiple guys saying Drew outplayed Tyler 20 and in. That's not the practice I was watching. Yeah, uh, I, That's all I can say. I don't know who you're listening and, to or and whatever. And I talked to Sean Davis, and I talked to that, another source, and that was not what, what That was doing. not the practice I was watching. Um, when he got outside the pocket, he threw the ball, and he hit guys for touchdowns, number one. Number two, they had multiple designed runs where it was – you know, he would kind of do a fake pitch or whatever, and then he would take it himself, like that kind of a thing. And they weren't doing that with the other quarterbacks. That was a Tyler Buckner thing, right? So he was he was in a 100% command in the red zone. There's no question about that. And on top of that, he was successful. So I could point out areas where the other quarterbacks were not as successful inside the 20. So that's not the practice I saw, if I'm being honest. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to be as as uh you know football coachy as i possibly can be no tyler was not outplayed inside the 20 yeah uh, sean sean davis who hopefully will be here soon uh said similar things so okay. I, I in the video and the stuff the different people i've talked to that were practice that's not what we saw but having said that vince i think the thing is speaking of drew when you look at drew uh, basically rough start had some forced throws and some of the yeah. seven on seven, but but finished well. Yeah, like when when it got to the team stuff. So seven on seven, three on three, whatever. Not quite as sharp, but right. finished really really well. And first up, but before we get to yeah. that, Vince, I want to start. We all saw Ty, Drew struggle in the spring, right? Every practice you were at, he struggled mightily. The impression I got from you, however, is we this looked like the last fall. Yes, version of Drew Pine, according to you, is that is that correct? Absolutely. From what you relate to me. And look, he didn't hit all of his passes, right? There, there was one that he spiked into the ground on a, a swing pass. There was, <laughs> uh, you know, as a quarterback, I can assure you, I never right. went through a day one where that didn't happen <laughs> at least once. Saying. Like, right? yeah, exactly. But <laughs> but he was he was the same guy around his teammates. You know what I mean? He he got his swagger back, in my opinion. Like I, I felt like he is back in his role. Like he's doing what he's doing. He's pushing Tyler. There's no question about that. Like what, again, I will go back to what we said a year ago. Pushing Tyler how? Pushing Tyler to be better? Yes. Because from everything I've heard. I'm not saying he's pushing Tyler to be the starter. That's not what I meant. Pushing Tyler to be better. Absolutely. You can see the two of them talking about. You told me earlier when we talked was it was, he's clearly the best. No, no, no. There's no, there's no doubt. What I'm saying is I feel like he's easing into that number two role very nicely. And okay. what I mean by that is he pushes Tyler. They talk, you know, about what they're seeing. Like that's the role of a number two, right? And mm-hmm. again, we said this this time last year. If Drew has to be in there and he has to lead this team, do I have confidence in Drew Pine? I do. And after what I saw today, I still have confidence in Drew Pine. Mm-hmm. He's just the second best quarterback on Notre Dame's roster right now. And I have no problem saying that. Um, but I will also say he is the number two. There's nobody else that was the number two. Okay, so mm-hmm. Drew has the number two spot, in my opinion, locked down. Okay, um, I was very impressed with what he did today, but he's the number two, and he didn't have the same command of the offense that Tyler had. Mm-hmm. 
and it some of that's nuanced and it's kind of hard to explain. It's like you know you see it when you notice it, right? Uh, but that's just the way it was. It was very clear who was one, who was two, who was three, um, etc. For sure. Mm-hmm. One thing too is I, as I heard that there was a couple throws that were missed that were because guys weren't. This is what I was told by somebody at practice. There were some misses because the receivers and tight ends weren't exactly where they were supposed to be, which would make a lot of sense right, based which on is what I saw. Going to happen in day one, hundred percent. Going to happen in day one. You're going to see missed throws on because of assignments, uh, you know, from right. both ends, right, from the quarterback and the receivers and the tight ends. And there yeah. were a ton of guys getting reps. Every skill kid who was on scholarship today and healthy got reps. Yeah, that's that's, that's a lot of moving parts. It was it was it was nice to hear that Tyler mm-hmm. looked like what we expect him to be. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, my the, the best part of today for me from a quarterback was hearing that Drew looked like the Drew of old. Right. Not Agreed. the guy that was pressing and making a bunch of mistakes in the spring. That's very important because, look, based on the history of Notre Dame football the last decade, with the exception of what, uh, I'm trying to think, 2020, I can't think of a time when a Notre Dame quarterback hasn't missed some time, even if it's like right. part of a game. I'm sure. trying to think. I. I, I know Ian missed time in 2018. I think he missed like a series or two in 20. No, I made 19 and 20, but like you go back to, you know, Dane got hurt in the first year, 2011. Tommy got knocked out of the USC game in 2011, sure. if you remember that one. 2012, Everett missed the end of the Stanford game and the BYU game. 2013, I think Tommy, no, 2013 is when Tommy got knocked out of the USC game. Okay. In 2011, uh, well, actually, no, it was both years. Because remember, you Dane came in in 2011, okay. yeah. and it was the game that Dane Chris came in in 2011. And remember the fumble at the goal line that they ran back? Right. And in 2013, they brought in Andrew Hendricks, and he struggled. And and then you saw 14, uh, obviously, with, with, uh, with Everett, where he kind of struggled down the stretch, and they had to bring Malik in. 15, we saw Malik get hurt. 2016, we saw Kaiser hat struggled. So then Malik had to come in a couple right. times. I mean, so 17, Brandon got hurt and Ian had to start against North Carolina. 18, you know, once Ian took over, he got hurt against Northwestern. Brandon had to start against against Florida State. So there's a long history of this, Absolutely. right? Of, of that's just part of the game. So, and especially a mobile kid like Tyler, yeah. he's going to be taking more hits than your average quarterback, right? right? Your, so. your, your, your number two quarterback, so to speak, has to be ready to play. So hearing Drew Pine's kind of psyche, was mm-hmm. recovered Absolutely. from his rough spring. And I don't care about the spring. I actually don't think he was terrible in the spring game. From everything I saw on videos you guys sent me and talking to sources, he was worse in practices. Yeah, so I'm, right. that's more, I'm more concerned about that. So getting him – because the spring game, I've said, I don't care about that. He's like kids playing for both teams. Like it was a mess. That was really so, hard. That's so hard seeing Drew to back to being the – you know, taking some shots. Like I heard he threw a pick right. where he tried to force the ball. Yeah, I, I can somewhat live with that on day one. Right. Like I, I right. can like, hey, well, take and, the shot, you and, know, and, like, and Tyler did the same thing. Right. Like he, he tried to jam it into some got tips. Right. And, and got tipped. Yeah. Yep, yeah. That's exactly right. I want to see that on day one. I want to see I, you aggressive on. Day I lean right over to Sean and I said, OK, he tried to squeeze that in. It got picked off. But the last three years, we don't even see that throw being right. attempted. Right. Right. So, yeah. you know, if we project that into the season, there might be a couple more interceptions than we've seen in the mm-hmm. past. Right. But mm-hmm. you're also going to see a lot of really, really good plays made that weren't made in the past, too. So yeah. it's kind of a, a little bit of a give and take, right? And right. that was very much on display today. Let's talk some running backs. Okay. Vince, 
There was, was one to guy Sean Davis. <laughs> right. So Sean had to make a little quick family run here real quick. So we'll, we'll hopefully we'll get him here soon. But he, he, one of the things that he and I talked, we, we spent a lot of his drive back from Chicago kind of nice. talking about practice and, you know, what'd you see? And, and he, he, he was really impressed by what he saw from Chris Tyree today. Oh, yeah. He said he was, he was, he looked, biggest thing, he looked healthy. Yes. He said his explosiveness, because the thing I was concerned about, I'm going to be honest with you, I think sometimes people overreact to heights and weights, especially on the first day of fall camp. There's, but there are times I'm like, I don't know if I like that. Right. And when I saw Chris Tyree up to 197, I was like, well, this is going to either be really good or really bad. And the really good is he's built up, he's heavier in the top, in the top and he's going to be ready to take more of a pounding. The yeah. bad is he bulked up too much and he loses some right. of his, his, uh, you know, quickness and explosiveness. And from what Sean said and from what you said, Vince, this was the Chris Tyree we've all been waiting to see. Yeah. From just a pure, I mean, again, no pads. Right. But from an explosiveness, attacking inside. But then get, I heard he also was able to get outside a couple mm-hmm. times and make some big plays. Had a couple nice catches. Sounds like we saw we saw the, the Chris Tyree we were, yeah. you know, like hoping. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you what, and everything you said about Chris was 100% accurate. Watching Chris, watching Audric, and watching Logan, they all look like number one backs to me. Like they all look like guys that can help this offense. Okay. And that was a lot of fun to watch. It's a lot of fun to watch. But Chris, I thought, looked like the number one. You know, if you have like one A, one B, like that kind of a thing, he didn't look like that third down back. You know what I mean? That that he's kind of been characterized as in the past. I, I he mm-hmm. looked like a kid who's not going to be afraid to punch it between the tackles. He looked like a kid who's going to be a threat on the outside. I mean, he was returning punts. Uh, when they were doing special teams, like he is going to be a player that they're counting on, and he looked good doing it today. I mean, it was a lot of fun to watch for sure. It was, it you know, we had an Intel piece the other day, so we can talk about it now because one of the things that was a surprise from the Intel piece that we had the other day, Vince was, or it sounds like Notre Dame's optimistic that Logan Diggs is going to be back for the opener. It's not a given yet, and he was wearing a red jersey today. He was. But the fact that he was out there going through drills to the point where he was actually bumping into people, yeah, that's a great sign. Not only was he going through drills, he went through team. He, I mean, he he was going through team, and there was was one play at about the five-yard line late in the practice where he gets the ball, he runs it between the tackles, and he collided with a linebacker. Head on. You told me he started that. Yeah, he, he initiated that contact. He lowered his shoulder and was like, Bow! I mean, he he was definitely the hammer, not the nail. And everybody that I was standing around was like, oh. <laughs> like, right. number That's one, important, yeah. Vince, because for a guy that hurt his shoulder, a, a big thing is obviously – the big thing is it's not just mentally or physically getting back, but can you mentally get back? Absolutely. And the fact that he was kind of running that way on day one was I, like, okay. I was, I was looking for two things. Number one, the hit was like, whoa. Okay, like it was a good hit. Number two, I wanted to see his reaction to the hit. Mm-hmm. Done. Zero reaction. Now, right. could have been lying. You know, maybe it did, maybe it popped. Maybe it didn't feel great. Right. But I saw zero reaction from him, right. and that was telling to me. I mean right. – and the fact that, yes, he's wearing a red jersey, but they put him in harm's way. Right. Okay? They put him in the team stuff. Because basically everybody's kind of wearing a red jersey today, in, in theory. Exactly. You know, right. Because it's, right. it's not a contact practice. There was some hitting. There's no question about that. But at the same time, they wouldn't have put him in if they didn't anticipate that he was going to get popped right. a little bit. Right? So I, I was very excited to see that. No doubt. 
one, I mean, Audric SMA, I mean, it's all pictures of him. Like, that is a good grief. That is a, he is a dude. But you know what's, what catches me? And it's every time I talk to somebody that's at practice, talk to Sean about today, talk to you, talk to somebody else who's at practice today. The thing you always hear is that guy's feet for such mm-hmm. a big back are really, really outstanding. Yep. No question. Like, I will never worry about his size because his feet and his punch are so good. They were, they were mm-hmm. doing a drill with just the running backs where they were pretty much practicing uh, pass protection essentially and they were they were practicing punching from different angles right and you know you've held the bag when running backs do punch drills right Mm -hmm. you see the same thing pretty much consistently with all the running backs and then audrick goes and he punches and i think dale mccullough like had to go back like three feet you know what i mean (laughs) it's just number one it's a different sound and at number two it's just a different feeling it's a different effect that he has when he punches and it was it was uh, very evident that he's been putting work in in the weight room. Let's put it that way. One of the things that surprised me today was, is I was told that uh, Jabron Payne definitely needs to build up his upper body. Yes. But he has a really strong, thick lower body. Like he's built like a running yeah. back. And that was yeah. a, a question that I had. So it, other than that, how did you see, how did you, what did you see? I mean, I know he didn't get like a lot of team, but as far as drills, did he look healthy? Yeah. Did he look? hundred percent. He looked healthy. I mean, he looked like an incoming freshman to me. You know what I mean? Like if, if Logan's healthy, you know, if everybody's healthy, he's the last guy. But I think my question is more of a, that's okay. Like when you don't expect him to play this year, if everybody's healthy, but does he look, does he look healthy? Yes. He hasn't played a healthy snap of football in two years, really, or three years. I mean, since he got injured his first game of sophomore year or junior year, missed the whole year, didn't play a ton. Uh, it, it last year only rushed for a little over 200 yards. Right. So uh, no, he looked he looked yeah. completely healthy to me. No question about that. I mean, he was running in between the tackles. He was doing all the drill work. He was doing a great job. It was uh, it it just looked he come in comparison to the other three guys. He just looks like he needs more time in the weight room. That that's really all it was to me. I mean, he he looked great. I mean, he was cutting. He was moving. He was doing all that. So none of none of he didn't look like a guy coming off of an injury. How about that? That's huge. Yeah, yeah that's huge. that's kind of where I was wanting to get to. Yeah, and, and I if you didn't tell me he was coming off of an injury, I would not have known it. Let's put it that okay. way. Okay, good, very good. Let's go to receiver, Vince. Everyone that I talked to, the star of the day today for Notre Dame was Jaden Thomas. Hundred percent, hundred percent. What did you see from Jaden that made it? Because you had a lot to say about it to me. I want you. I want you to kind of <laughs> tell all them what like what you told you just me. Just play my voicemail. No. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah. So so basically, number one, you get more of the intel than I do, right? Going into and like mm-hmm. all of that. And I read your intel piece on the board and all that. But we, you know, we've heard that 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 he has been you know a surprise of the summer, doing really well. But we've never, oh, other yeah. than the blue gold game, we've never seen that in exactly. a practice. Exactly. Remember, we were told going into the bowl game that he was going to play. He didn't play a snap, right? And so it's like, okay, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, you know, that kind of thing. Like I was like, okay, when do I stop believing the hype, right? Because I keep hearing it. Well, the answer is no time soon because. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that he was running with the first team. I was. I, I did not anticipate that he would be running with the first team. I figured Braden Lindsay would be out there with the, with the ones. Which again, do not put too right. much stock people into right into who's 100%. running with ones and twos. Hundred percent. But I was surprised. Yeah. I, I'm just being honest. I was surprised. But you know what? He was like the go to receiver 
during most of the team stuff, whether he was having uh, uh, Drew Pine throw to him, whether it was Tyler Buckner throwing to him, it always seemed like he was getting open. And it seemed like I don't remember him dropping a ball, number one. Number two, he scored a lot of touchdowns today. Yeah. No doubt about it. He was by far the star of the varsity. I mean, he he was very impressive. His size was good. He was moving really well. His footwork was really good in uh, in the individual stuff that they were doing. I was very impressed with that. And he showed out in team. Like, I didn't know what to expect from him. We're all talking about the depth chart at wide receiver. Man, I was impressed with Jaden Thomas today. I, I was – he is going to be a dude. Like, he's going to be like the guy that you need him to be so that the other guys are getting the touches that they need. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you need other guys to get covered. Well, you just need a, you need somebody that's bigger body to yeah. step up. Well, this, the, I mean, because, you know, Avery Davis is a slot. Lorenzo's your next biggest guy at 6'1", 195. Braden's not right. a big guy. Right, you need somebody, and obviously, whether it's Deion Thomas, Thomas, or excuse me, Deion Colsey, Tobias Merriweather, Jane Thomas, you need at least one of those guys step up, and if more step up, that's even better. Right. The thing I noticed from photos of him, Vince, is the problem with Jaden, and, and I was reading over my my evaluation of him when they signed him, and and the thing, and I just put that in the chat by the way, because somebody said that I he's going to prove me wrong, and I said, prove me wrong. I graded him as a four star recruit. What are you talking about? Prove them wrong. Prove me wrong. The problem with his grade was is as a in twenty twenty he caught twenty eight passes for four hundred thirty two yards, only played seven games. As a junior, he caught twenty one passes for two hundred thirty eight yards, one touchdown, only played five games. Right. You know, he hadn't been had a healthy season since his sophomore year. Well, that's going to factor into your grade, and he was banged Absolutely. up a lot of his freshman year. So. What I, what I saw was a guy that's finally been able to get his body to to the shape it needs to be because of, like, he had turf toe as a senior. Yeah, I think he's, yeah. he's hurt a knee as a junior. I think I could be wrong on that. I mean, when you kind of have that many injuries, it's and you're a bigger-bodied kid anyway, it's – and when I mean bigger body, this is what I said to a, a somebody the other day, a friend of mine. We were talking about the receivers, and 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 I said, you know, he he almost looks like a rover. Like physically, he's got like sure. a big, thick upper body, and he's right. just a broad-shouldered kid. But when you're that big and you're not able to always be working out because of this injury or that injury, you can get a little fluffy, yeah. and and, right. and you maybe not have the definition. And so I think Jaden was trying to kind of really get his body back to shape because he'd missed a lot of time. He also plays baseball. The thing I saw in the photos that I saw in the video you sent me and talking to people is. He his body has finally come back, and that and and that strength that's come with that Vince is is evident when you watch him right. play. Based Absolutely. on what I saw in the videos you sent and what you're saying, is yeah. he just has a size and a strength that you're going to really need to to provide a complement to the other guys at wide receiver, right? And that's a very important. Again, one practice, no pads. That's sure. they're true for everybody. But it's it was just finally nice for us to see with our well. For you to see with your own eyes and the video you sent me, to see him just, you know, okay, now yeah. we've seen it. Now right. we've seen what everybody tells us behind the scenes, right? Now we've seen it, and that was a really positive sign today. But Brayden Lindsay's another guy that you said had a really good day today. Well, and with Avery Davis, we won't spend a lot of time about Avery because we know who he is. For him, right. it's just, is he healthy? And he yeah. was – he looked 100 percent involved today. He took a lot of reps today. I mean, he was he was with the starting group at slot. Okay. Um, you know, he was went through every individual drill. He went through team. He didn't look like he was limited in any way. He had a blue jersey on, so that is great to see. Frankly, uh, mm-hmm. I, we 
you know, wasn't sure if he was going to be 100%. And he may not be. And it may be a day where, you know, he couldn't, he does, he can't go full pads. But today he was great. And he looked mm-hmm. every bit the part of a starting wide receiver at Notre and Dame. That's, so, I mean, guy coming off a knee injury, that's all we care. I mean, absolutely. I, I could not care less, could not care less about what Avery Davis does in practice from a, <laughs> did he catch the ball? Did he run right. routes? Because he's proven. We know right. what he can do. He we did all those things he's well. proven though. in big games. Oh. I care about, is he healthy? Right. That's right. it. So it was good, good to hear that. No, he looked good too. You know, uh, Braden Lindsay looked good. He just looks, he has carried the momentum from the spring for him through the summer and into the fall, he just looks like a dude on a mission. You know, he just looks determined. You know, I, one of the things that I, I do during the summers, I'm out on campus an awful lot. <clears throat> He's out on those Northern fields, uh, the public kind of Northern fields on campus. He's out there all the time putting in mm-hmm. work over the summer. You know, he, he's just, he just, I feel like he's driven. Right. And he's just, he's got blinders on like, that's who he is this year. And I'm really excited to see how that manifests itself during the season. But he's a different dude. He's a different dude. And he looked great today. He looked so great. The one thing that you you guys, you and Sean both told me is uh, it, he looked, this was as crisp as he's looked. Absolutely. From a, from the standpoint. Because he was taught how to run routes. Right. right. <laughs> That's what I mean. Because, like, when I'm, the video you sent me, he looks so much more explosive coming out of breaks. Because of the technique, he looks so much more efficient, right? right. Go, which then leads to more explosiveness. Yes, that's going to be big. Yes, that's absolutely big. Yep, I, I thought he looked great. I mean, again, he's a man on a mission, and that hasn't changed since he since the fall. I mean, he he's continued that, and he has he's looked fantastic. He's looked fantastic. Tobias Merriweather, <laughs> go. Okay, so. I, <laughs> They started out for the individual drills as you normally do in a practice. And I and he was last in every drill because he's the only freshman, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and freshmen are in the back. That's how it works, right? And he was moving the dummies and he was doing all the freshman scut work that you have to do when you're a freshman. And I respect that, right? Because in the past, that's kind of been what the managers do. But he was doing stuff. And I thought that was actually kind of cool. But when it came to the actual drill work itself, the only word that I can come up with that I think does him justice is smooth Mm -hmm. like the man is smooth smooth in his footwork his hands are soft he's taller than every receiver that's out there i would love to see him put on a little bit of weight you know moving forward moving even though he's put on it i mean he he measured it he looked noticeably thicker than he than he was at the army game Right. Like, so, but, but yes, there's still a lot of filling out to do. Right. But that was something that I was encouraged by just when we saw him in January at the army game to see what he is now, like, okay, he's putting in, he's right. He's put on some good weight. Right. Absolutely. Dude, He is long. He is so long. That's, that's the other thing that stuck out to stuck out to me is that how long he is and just how much ground he can cover. Like catching radius is what we call it. Like right. it is that boy going to be special. Okay, that was, <laughs> and I'm telling y'all for a I know, year. and I, I never saw him in person. Okay. Right, this was the first day that I ever saw him in person, and I am enamored. Sean looked over at me. He's like, "That's your man crush now." I know you have a crush on yeah. that man, and I was like, "Dude, he is really good. Yeah, He's going to be really." Good. And Sean Davis was saying the same stuff about him Damn. coming out of practice. Now, I mean, again, this is all from drills and of course the one on ones and stuff. He didn't get again. A he's teams. a freshman, right. so right. he's automatically on the third team. That's how you start fall camp 
which I have zero problem with. Right? right. He was running. He was running with uh, with Steve Angeli, Holden Stays, uh, you know, Eli Raritan. Like that. Mm-hmm. That's the group he was running with. Right. And so he didn't get a ton of team reps. Right. It was right. that ten percent. But he, you know, and he had to ask a question one time. It was a run play. He had to ask uh, the quarterback what to do. You know what I mean? But guess mm-hmm. what? He went out and he put the linebacker on his butt. So okay ask all ask away you know yeah uh but that's to be anticipated as a true freshman i have no problem with that ask your question right so the opportunities that he got he did a good job you know but it was very limited in team so my observations are more from the individual stuff gonna play a lot yeah (laughs) gonna play the sentiment I got from from you guys from practice two is Deion colsey still just needs to play with a greater practice with a greater yeah, sense of urgency. That's a good way to put it. I, I thought that um, it just felt like he was a different gear than everybody else. Right. Um, he was kind of just kind of a gear behind. And there was there was one play. He was he was running a route along the backside of the of the end zone, right? And the ball was a little high. But that's kind of where you want that ball to be mm-hmm. in that in that scenario. And he wasn't prepared for it. He didn't go up for it. Like he kind of went for it, and then he kind of alligator armed it. Like didn't really. It was a very catchable ball and right? that's got to be his wheelhouse absolutely 100 percent. i was very disappointed in that particular play um in, in drills he just looked a little bit slower than everybody else you know i don't know if that's a confidence thing or, or what it is um but and so people are clear because vince explained this explains to me earlier it's not slower like he's the slowest it's just not going through it with the same yeah like just pace like hey man like have some have some yeah purpose to what you're doing right you right. know sense and, of urgency yeah. is what one of the people in the chat said yeah. i, I well, agree that's what that. i had said at the beginning he was responding to what i said oh gotcha. okay that. yeah i i agree with that though and it's 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 accurate you know so he's getting pushed and he's gonna get pushed and he's gonna have to respond we will see right. what happens you know what i mean so didn't have a great day one but that doesn't mean he can't have a great day too right you know here's what I mean? Here's a question I want to ask. Former yeah. receivers coach, Vince D'Addario. This is a position I think you know well. I'm not saying that's sarcastic. I don't really mean that. I know. You know where I'm going with this question. How they look, the receivers look, from a fundamental technical standpoint. Night and day. I mean, they, the difference and the attention to detail from the coaches is night and day. It's night and day different. Uh, they were all about maximizing reps, but they would stop. And when I say they, I'm talking about Chancey Stuckey. He would stop and he would correct. And then they would do the drill over again. Yeah. I saw and, that in the video you sent me. There yeah. was one where Tobias didn't quite do it right. Stopped it, coached him up, and then got him right back in there and made him do it again. And in the past, they didn't do that. They didn't right. have them do the drill over again. They or, had the whole, we'll coach off film. Thing. Right. And I didn't like that. I want, I want that correction to be made yeah. right now. So I know I've never been is. a big I've never been a big fan of only coaching off a of film. I don't like that you, at all. You gotta you gotta get him to do it right physically. So I was glad to hear that. The, the, to there that. was separation uh in team by the receivers, and there was definitely some press happening. Uh not saying that the DBs didn't make plays because they did, but the wide receivers were also getting separation and they were making plays as well. It right. was a 50-50 kind of a situation, an awful lot, which is great. Yeah. Because- well, like Sean said, uh, there was one play in particular where Brayden Lindsey was going against Cam Hart, and mm-hmm. he just pushed him vertically on a comeback and just sank his hips real fast, yep. and then just beat Cam and got like a few yards of separation from Cam. Ball got thrown a little bit of high, a little bit high, and he just went up and got it. But yeah. like, 
you know, I mean, you're getting that kind of separation against Cam Hart. That's a yeah. really good it's, sign because that's not the stuff Braden Lindsay's done right, in the past. Right. right. It's just you just like that's a stop. That's a comeback route. Like that's not that's not been a route he's ever been necessarily great at sure. with his technique. He's been he's been effective with it because teams are afraid of his speed, not because of his uh, because of his technique. So when you see something like that, you kept saying to me, Jaden Thomas really did a good job getting off press and then using his top ends to be able to gain separation. Jaden Thomas isn't a burner. No. So if he's getting that kind of separation, it's coming from technique and size yeah, and strength, I should say. Absolutely. And so look, those, are the, tr- those are the triggers, the trigger words that I was hearing today. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, like that's that's the stuff that it I want to hear. It was a lot of fun to watch, to be honest right. with you, because there was a lot of competition right. between the DBs and the wide receivers, and it was good competition. It wasn't one dominating the other, it was good competition, and it was fun to watch, man. Fun to watch. Yeah. I want to move on to the offensive line. We're not going to talk a ton about the offensive line just because sure. I don't really care to talk a lot about the offensive line when there's no pads on. Yeah, fair enough. But the one thing I did hear from Sean is that Joe Alt and Blake and Isaiah Foskey basically just fought the entire practice. And I don't mean like physically, like, but like they had some epic battles in one-on-one in team That's stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Like they're going against each other because Vince – what we try to do is we have people watching different things. Right. So that's why some of the things I'm repeating they, what Sean said. And they were doing a lot right. of that kind of stuff while right. the one-on-ones were going on. Right. So my attention was over right. air, that kind of thing. Right. So, so I'm, I'm relaying what Sean Davis yeah. told me and what some right. other sources told me that I've talked to from right. Rex that were there. He said that they had some great – basically, like Joe Alt's like jersey was ripped by the end of practice. It was. Like they were just going at it, which it I flipping love because that's going to make Joe Alt way better and it's going to oh, make yeah. Isaiah Foskey better. Absolutely. Uh, so – can I just tell you, and I think I texted this to you at one point, uh, but Harry Heastand is in mid-season form. Oh, yeah, you did text me. Sean said the same thing. <laughs> he was getting really upset with the – they were struggling with some of the stunts, the, the TV right. stunts. Yep. And he was he was a little fired up at that. <laughs> it was, what do you do? You know, much yeah. more colorful language than that. But yeah. but uh, it was good to hear him back. It was, So, look, I will not say that – the yelling coaching is always the best or the, the yeah. understated coaching is always the best or whatever. Being yourself I'm not is the saying, best. 100% agree with that. But I know who Harry Heastand is. I've seen him in action. And watching him coach these guys up and hearing him, it was like – it's like when you go home and you get a like a smell that takes you back, right? It, it, it makes your memory go back. Hearing him go after these guys was like – Oh yeah, that's what it was like when the offensive line was really good. Like it, that that's what it felt like to me and it was such a glorious thing to hear. I mean, he was coaching those boys up and it was fun. It was great. It was great. What Sean told me and then what you also said in the little line you played is there's a noticeable difference in get off. Oh, yes. Between the offensive line now and what it's been the last several years. Even 2020. Yes. No question. And there's a noticeable explain what that means and then explain what you saw. And there's a noticeable difference between the first team and the second team. I will right. say that as well. well and it should, yeah, be. It should guys, be right. But like the the fire off was so much faster and so much more aggressive. And yeah, the vertical, 100 percent getting reestablishing that line of scrimmage. We use that a lot, right? When we were talking in post game last year. They were reestablishing the line of scrimmage. They were they were firing off their uh, double team and climb was so much more under control, and it was so much better timed than at, at any point in the season last year. Mm-hmm. At any point, okay, they were lower. They were they had their feet underneath them. 
They were driving. They were going. They were communicating. I mean, it was a completely different offensive line, and it's a lot of the same guys. Right. It was. Well, there's there's a couple things that are different. Obviously, the coaching is is better, but there was there's there's also kind of so part of the reason I think that some of the guys maybe got a little bit gassed today is because you're you're now in a different era of offensive line coaching and and I don't even mean this as an insult this is just how it works every coach prefers different things and how I coach my players how we're going to be scheme wise how we're going to play is going to determine how the strength conditioning program goes right so Matt Bayless is going to have an offensive line strength program that's geared towards what Jeff Quinn and the offense wants from their linemen so in the past it's been streamlined it's been athleticism it's been those kind of things and they have they have not been as big or as physical or strong what we saw yesterday in the in the heights and weights that came out is they added a lot of weight to these guys. Yeah. And part of that is is because if you want a guy to play at a certain weight, you better hope he's at least five pounds beyond that when you get to fall camp. Good call. Because you're gonna lose right. that so weight. Yeah. When you see Zeke Carroll listed at 308, you're like, okay, that's because they want him to play around 300. And so he's gonna get a little gas because he's got yeah. that extra weight, but that's geared because the emphasis is going to be. Yes, you've got to have guys that are athletic and explosive, but it's more about we've got to be able to play with power and physicality. Yeah. And so to see Joe Walt looking like a, a lean 317, to see Blake Fisher actually down to 327, Josh Lugs up to about 320, Jarrett Patterson's up over 310, Zeke Carell's around 310. You see those kind of things, Vince, and you're like, okay, like you, that's a, a further evidence that the philosophy is changing. Well, then of course that's going to manifest itself in practice with a more physical, vertically oriented right. practice. Now, one of the things that you're going to struggle with a little bit when you are that way is, is early in practice, you're going to sometimes get beat by movement. Sure. And that's a big part of it is you're going to, you're going to have some issues with movement and you've got to be able to play, to play through that. And so you're that it makes sense that you see you're hearing with the, the stunts. Cause when you're too aggressive, a lot of times you're going to miss on the stunts. Vince, I know you're going to have to leave soon. Sean Davis is going to be here in a minute. Just, I know today you were focused a lot on the offense. Yeah. Sean will have more of the defense, but just anything that you observed. Oh, one thing I did here too, Emil Wagner, very, very skinny lower body. Yeah. Super long arms. Yes. Like super long arms and really strong. I heard he buried Nana on a run block. Oh, just wow. Put him on his back. Yeah. Pancake. But he's only 265 right. pounds, really. And he's skinny upper body. He looks he's like a, a long way away. He looks like a power forward. Yeah. Um, and, as opposed to an offensive lineman yeah. right now. Right. But give that some time. I mean. Right. Hopefully, again, that's still the big concern with Emil is can he fill out. Right. But, man, that kid's athletic and long. Like, Sean was like his hands are like almost down to his knees. Like, yeah. it's just incredible yeah. length. Super long. Super so, long. But I was, you know, again, it's, it, the athleticism is there. The yes. strength is there. It's just can he can he get the weight on Absolutely. and keep those things? That's yeah, no, no, no doubt. No doubt. Any, any other notes that you saw from defense today before you wrap up and head out of here? I think the defense is pretty much what we anticipated that it would be as far as who was lining up where and, and, you know, with what yeah. groups and that kind of a thing, you know, they didn't, they didn't start Brandon Joseph, but I think that's more because he's the new guy in, you know, the new guy in town kind of thing. But the funny thing, and I think I told you this mm-hmm. was he wasn't with the first team, but he was shouting instructions to the safety sure. that were out there. So that tells me kind of where his leadership is and kind of where he's at as far as getting his head in the playbook and all that fun stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I was, look, the defense played well. Again, 
was a non-padded practice, so you're only going to get so much out of the defense. I thought the defensive backs did a really good job. I mean, there was a lot of pluses from what they did. Cam Hart made a couple of really nice plays. I thought DJ Brown played really well today. He had some nice plays. Uh, Tariq Bracey was is clearly the starter in the in the at nickel. They did mm-hmm. a lot of nickel today. Uh, a lot of nickel actually today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was out there an awful lot. So it was good. I mean, I, 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 the defense was pretty much what I anticipated that it would be. It was the personnel that we anticipated that it would be. I believe didn't Marcus Freeman talk about the fact that some guys were limited in their reps, but not, you know, cause Maris wasn't out there very much. Um, that was the only, I don't even want to call it a red flag, but that's the only one thing I noticed on defense. He wasn't out there very much. So Bo Bauer was taking most of the reps at Mike and JD was taking most of the reps at will. Um, and then I, uh, Prince Kali was coming in. Which and- Marcus Freeman talked about that. Okay. Yeah, that. He, he talked first. about how guys like Merit, because guys like Maris, they were limited today. So he's one thing he said, which I thought was brilliant, He, which I just loved. He said, look, we will never tell guys to play at 85%. You know, which you'll hear coaches do. Like, hey, it's Thursday. You know, we're going 85 90% today. He said, I'll never do that. When I pray to God, he never does that because I hate that. He goes, what, we'll, what our job is, they're going to give every 100% every time they get a rep. Our job is to make sure that we limit those rep opportunities Right. when a guy's not there. So, you know, his point was like Eli Raritan, Avery Davis. Um, I'm trying to think of something, you know, Kane Barong, Maris Leofow, guys like that that are coming off of injuries. Their job is to make sure that they cap the reps at a certain place. That's where they want those reps to be, right? Right. And but when you're out there, you're going. And if you're, you know, if you're only 75%, then we'll give you 75% of the reps that you would normally get, but that you still need to go full go, which I think is smart. Cause I think, I just think this is the best way to go about it. So it was good to hear that. And, and, and the thing about defensive practices, Vince, is look, when you're out here on defense, first day of practice is so useless for defense. It's just about, yeah. did you, can you line up correctly and can right. you run? And I think that was probably the biggest takeaway from talking to you guys is, this is a really fast, fast defense. That's the definitely the thing that stands out. And I also, I think it was Sean told me this, uh, and and he said he was going to be on in a minute. I'm not sure if he's still going to be joining us or not, but he said Josh Burns a ways away from being ready to play in a lot of areas. Oh, here there he is right there. So Sean, we were just talking about Woo! you. So I was going to share with them uh, the guy that you said that was most stood out to you on defense today in regard to just take that just that first step burst that there was a freshman that was especially impressive to you Yo, uh, today. I look at the uh, depth chart when I get there, and uh, I see Vince. And Vince is going outside. I look at the depth chart as I sit down, and I'm like, hmm. Josh Byrne was on the defensive line, huh? Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking in drills, and they finally go to team. And I'm like, in another year, this kid is going to be, and this is the only comp that I could come up with. His first step is so fast off the edge that he reminds me of T.J. Watt, mm-hmm. what T.J. Watt ended up being at Wisconsin. That's what I forecast for him as a pass rusher. You know how it is. He, he doesn't have – he's not about to go inside too much on his pass rush. <laughs> so, at this point, he's not big enough. He's not strong enough. But he knows that he he knows that he's quick and he knows that he's fast. 
and he gets off the ball. <clears throat> and if he gets around the corner, you know, he can cause havoc. If he yeah. doesn't, and if the tackle pushes him a little bit, he doesn't have that strength to hold, you know, hold his route and get to the quarterback yet. Right. But it's, it's coming. Right. Like you can see it. You're like, okay, this kid is going to be a problem on the defensive mm-hmm. line when he gets stronger because that first step is, is is something special. It just really is. And like today, you know, he really didn't get to the quarterback, but the first step step was so noticeable that I was like, okay, once he harnesses everything, mm-hmm. it's a little stronger to where he can actually threaten inside on encounter because the guys will know how fast he is. He's going to be a handful coming off the edge. And Sean, I know you're you're limited on time because Sean actually made the drive from Chicago today to practice. Did a great yeah. job and helped contribute to to practice. But we went through the whole offense, Sean. I had Vince focus on offense today. Let you kind of focus on some of that, but then on the defense, just kind of if you just don't mind sharing with people just some things that stood out to you today uh, watching the defense. Some guys that stood out. I know yeah. you had some observations of coaching, especially from a defensive line standpoint. So just kind of share with people before we move on to the mailbag, just kind of what you saw. Before we went outside, you know, they worked a lot on TE stunts, which I don't know if Vince talked about it. Harry Heastan was heated <laughs> going to the team. I, I shared that you had told me that, that he was a little fired up. Oh, he was heated because they weren't handling the TE stunts that the defensive line was working on mm-hmm. in the early sessions. And so they talked about that. Defensive backfield was just really solid today. They just were. They were just really solid. Uh, DJ Brown stood out. Yeah. But DJ Brown stood out in the spring, Brian. So, mm-hmm. like, is this going to continue to be a right. trend going into the season? He's really had a good spring and a good summer. Look, Brandon Joseph, they tried him early, and then they just decided, you know what, we're just going to go to the outside. We're – you know, especially in red zone. They kept trying, like, the back of the end zone in the middle. It was like, nah. So then they started finding success on the outside a little bit in red zone. But the defensive line the offensive line was, like, the best battle of the day. And, you know, I, I left you a voicemail and listened to Marcus Freeman, and he echoed the same thing I said mm-hmm. on the voicemail to you. We have an offensive line and defensive line matchup in camp where one wins the battle and the next unit or the opposite unit raises and comes right. up to that level and answers the bell. And they yeah. keep going back and forth, back and forth. We win this play, you win this play. You win two plays, we come back and win three plays. You come back and win three plays, we come back and win right. four plays. Which is not what it was in fall camp last year. It was D-line win, yes. D-line win, yes. D-line win. Third teamers are on O line win mm-hmm. back to D line win. I mean, yeah. it was pure domination, and so it was nice to hear that both coaches had some things today that they're like, "Well, we're gonna have to get better at that." Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, because yeah. you know, iron sharpens iron, right? And you know, people were asking, you know, you know, was the practice longer than usual? No, it was longer than what you've been used to. Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame fall right. camps, and it was a much faster pace, right? And this the so. the reps seemed to be like from what I was understand. What I, I think you mentioned this to me, but the, there was more 
guys playing. You know, today there's oh. more guys getting reps today, and there wasn't as much every guy standing around the entire practice. Absolutely, and like Marcus Freeman said, you don't know what you have if you don't put them in a position to show you what you got. So, yes, we purposely put threes versus threes so we can properly look at them and say, okay, now we know what we have. Let's start plugging them in and into locking them with the one A's and one B's. So I told you for a first practice, I was pleasantly surprised, mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised. When they went with the um, the noise, you thought they would have some pre-snap penalties? None. Total focus, both sides of the ball. And they just went out and battled and competed. That's all they did. They battled and competed. And you could hear both sides of the ball chirping, talking. Uh, Houston Griffith, great day of communication. He didn't make a lot of plays, but when it came to checking off from a motion and a shift and letting everybody know what coverage they were in and what coverage was changing based upon that shift, he was the guy on the back end that everybody could hear that was very vocal. So that was a great thing to see. Uh, Ramon Henderson made a couple of nice plays, you know, in the passing game. I think that's going to be a big thing for me, Sean, is we're just going to have to see the safeties making more plays this year. So it's good to hear DJ's playing better. It's good to yeah. – and not just playing, you know, he's the best guy. I mean, like we've said in the show a week or so ago, somebody's going to start at all these – somebody's going to win the battle at these positions. Yeah. But the guys earn the earn the position. That's a different thing. And so it's yeah. good to hear that DJ's playing well because that's going to raise Houston's level. That's going to raise – Ramon's level. I heard Xavier Watts had an interception today during one of the red zone team period. So, you know, that's a good thing to hear. So you, you want to see that, right? I mean, that's the thing is you, you, you want to see competition and that's a big thing. You don't want to hear that somewhat, if we were hearing that somebody was running away with a position battle that we expect to be contested this early, that's probably a bad sign for the depth of your position. Yeah, And so it's good to hear that those guys are stepping up. And you know what else is a good thing, Brian, we go to camp, and go to practice expecting to see something from Jason Adam Isaiah mm-hmm. Fox, Riley right. Mills, Maris Leah Fowl. We expect that. Mm-hmm. And when you come away from a practice like, man, did I see those guys really do something today? That lets you know how impactful everybody else has been. It's not mm-hmm. that they didn't do anything. It's that other people around them, we're really jumping up and making plays and making an right. impact because you know those guys. Are going. Right. On Saturday, September 3rd, you can depend on those guys. Right. But what we're starting to see is the maturation of everyone around them that's going to elevate that defense. And it was a pleasure. It was an absolute pleasure to see. And the freshman, the freshman linebackers, when they played, especially in the first run game period, Fantastic, fantastic fits, being in the right position and going 100%. You know, no one was really hitting to the ground. Right. Anything like that. Let's just say it's all about day like today for defense is all about can you run? I I did want to ask you this. You start talking about the freshman linebacker, Sean. One of the things you had mentioned to me was how fast Jalen Steed, Nolan Ziegler were in the spring, but that they were were like skinny. 
yeah. how they look today. I mean, they both had 15 pound weight gains. Did they both look like they had kind of put on good weight this off season? Like how they look physically? I, I know you said they ran well, but how they look physically? Jalen Sneed to me just looks like a kid that gradually is going to fill out. Right. You know, it's not going to just pop on him, but he's gradually going to fill out. I just I wanted to see if he could hold up physically. Just mm-hmm. battle, just fight. Mm-hmm. I don't expect you to come out and win. We know you're undersized a little bit, and we know you don't have what it takes to really stand there, play after play, and battle physically right now. But are you willing to compete? That's all I want to see. Are you going to stick mm-hmm. your nose in there? And run fits, he stuck his nose in there. Good. Nolan Ziegler uh, stuck his nose in there. Junior? <laughs> Not a question for him. No. <laughs> And Junior was one of the guys, you know, I text you. I think I text you early. And I was like, wow. You know, it was only half of the guys wearing the, the concussion helmets. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. And I was like, that's strange. I guess they left it up to the kids. Mm-hmm. And Junior happened to be one of those guys. <laughs> he he messed around and field on a running play. <laughs> His little mat, you know, the little mat on top started like, Moving to the side, and I'm like, okay, bro, look, I guess you're really trying out whether or not this thing's working. Yes, I'm gonna put it to the test. <laughs> right. I'm gonna put it to the test today. Right. <laughs> That's gotta look really weird on him because he's already kind of got a big head and a lot of hair. So then you put that like that, you know, that whatever that padding is on him. That's gotta look yeah. a little. A little funky. You remember still, back when we were kids? Remember like Mark Kelso for the Bills? Oh yeah, that With big old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That. That's exactly yeah. what it looks like. That's a good call. That's yeah. a good call. I'll yeah. say this too. I didn't hear – well, we were on the sideline and we were outside as opposed to when we were inside during the spring most of the time. Jaden Mickey just went out and played. Yeah. Well, and the other note is uh, people were kind of – Brandon Joseph and Jaden Mickey were getting some reps during the individual receiver drills. And yes. people are they going to play offense? I, I I don't think that's a plan to play them on offense. It's a plan to make sure they're ready to play offense if that is needed. But Brian, what did we say? Remember, we were talking. Uh, I don't think it was show. I think we were just talking on the phone, and we were talking about positionless football and how we harken back to Lou Holtz and Lou Holtz would stop get guys, recruit them at one position. They get to South Bend. They play defense. Then a junior year, they flip over to offense and end up putting up 1,700 yards and almost going to New York as a Heisman candidate. I mm-hmm. love Reggie Brooks. It's just like we have these athletes, and wherever we need them, that's where we're going to use them. And we're going to coach them up, mm-hmm. and they're going to be successful. And next season, if we need them on the other side of the ball because of injury or whatever, We'll use them there. And I just think the guys, the young men they're recruiting, no, if they're recruited for a certain position, you want them to play that position. I'm sure that's the plan mm-hmm. when they're being recruited. But they're so talented, and they can really athletically do a lot of things. It's like you can't tell me if Ronan Hannafin indeed does commit to Notre Dame, you can't tell me that the defensive side of the ball isn't going to be salivating. Every yes, every chance they have. Like they did with Xavier Watts his whole career, and then they finally got him. All right, exactly. So it's 
is the talent at the level of, from a depth standpoint, of Georgia, Alabama? No. That's that's in the progress right. of, you know, building up that talent. But I'll line up our ones against anybody. That's what I came away with today. Like, okay, yeah, I feel really good. Doesn't mean we're going to win the game. There's no trepidation for me walking into the horseshoe. Right. Not from the coach. We talked right. about this just from a, just the simple things I saw. I gave you a simple route that Braden Lindsay ran. Right. It was simply the way he ran it. It's like, you know what? I'm not sure he could have done that as effectively yeah. as he did that last year. It's the coaching is different. The competition is different. The speed they play at is different. And the bar has been raised. I think Marcus Freeman said that in his press conference. Like, who's exceeded your expectations? He said, no one, because my bar is here for everybody. Right. So, nope. Like, I expect everybody to be right here at the expectations that we've set. And so. Like, I love the fact, because you watched the press conference. Vince didn't, so I can bring this up to you. And we're going to go to the mailbag next uh, when we when we wrap up on this because I do I do have a specialist question to ask you. Yeah, we're going to make excuses, not excuses, but we're going to we're going to put as coaches, Vince and I are going to put context to. You're always going to have kids not finishing the first practice. I've never seen a first practice. We were talking about how Ronnie Stanley in 2015 in the middle of first practice was over under the tent, right? You know, because because the that part of it. But I love that Marcus Freeman was sounding annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you know it's going to happen, but it's kind of like, but I'm not going to let you use that as an excuse. We'll push you, and that's such a difference in in approach because we would always, oh, you know, it's first day, it's really hot. Like Brian Kelly would have been saying a lot of things that me and Vince were saying, you know, because we're yeah. trying to put context so that people understand it. But Marcus Freeman doesn't care about us understanding it. Marcus Freeman cares about what message are my players going to receive, Absolutely. and that was the big thing is because whatever you say, it's about what your players are going to receive. Yes. and I did love that today where it was like you could tell he was he was sounded frustrated and part of that I, I think is tactical right yeah that you know not everybody finished practice today and i, I loved hearing that oh that was the best that was the best part of the press conference you know because it was kind of like the question kind of like opened the door for him to take that direction and he chose not to like no like practice didn't run long this is how long the practices are going to be and mm-hmm. this is how intense they're going to be and it's up to the, the players to get up to speed and to be able to stay in practice and produce. That's what we expect of them. And if, you know, they have anything else, the trainers need to make sure that they're ready. So I'm, I know I'm blessed because this is my first time experience, experiencing all this. So I'm blessed. And, and Ryan, myself, we're blessed to come in on the good part of all it is, Marcus Freeman as yeah. the head coach of Notre Dame. Yeah. You jerks didn't have to sit through the last few years I had to sit through. Right. And then I don't even get rewarded by being able to go to practice. Right. Uh, before we move on to the mailbag, Sean, I say jokingly, it's kind of. Uh, you were impressed by another freshman today from just a strength standpoint, and that is Bryce McPherson, the freshman punter. So today was punting, so we didn't yeah. really get – I don't believe you guys saw the kickers per se. No, uh, during practice they were off doing their kicking they thing. Their thing. They did punting today. 
Yeah. You said you were, I mean, obviously consistency is a key, but you said you were really impressed by what you saw from Bryce McPherson yeah. from a leg strength standpoint. Freshman, you know, you, sometimes you wonder about leg strength, but he was consistently 45, 42, 45 yards. You know, he didn't have any boomers like, oh, wow. But it was like he had a consistent leg. And I was like, okay, we can deal with that. Because I think the coverage team is going to be really good. He had good height on his punts. And, yeah, I think as a freshman kicker, you know, you have to feel confident. I'm sure he'll be nervous his first game going into a big game like that. But, you know, it's better than what we saw <laughs> in the spring mm-hmm. game with the two kickers right. doing the, having the doobies. But, yeah, I like what I saw from the freshman kicker. And uh, another freshman, Emil Wagner. Like, yeah, we. I was because I wasn't sure if you were going to be able to make it in, so I was explaining to them that you had said it looks like he can scratch his knees without bending over, man. and he was. I was telling him about the play about Nana, how you told me they, that he just flat put him on the ground, but just, just got to be able to put on that weight. Like this is why we gave him a five star upside grade, Sean. Yeah, if if he's able to fill out the talents yeah. there, that's not a question. It's just you can't play at two sixty seven in yeah. today's era. You just can't. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like two sixty seven would have been fine. Perfect the last time Notre Dame won a title. You know right. what I mean? Like, fine. But now it's like 267. Like, good Lord, dude, you playing tight end? I mean, he's yeah. two pounds heavier than their starting tight end. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, diff- different. All, you know, he, we, uh, holding Stace and Eli Raritan. Yeah. Flash in red zone. They're really athletic, dude. They're just on film. They're going to be difficult to defend. This is a really twitchy team, Sean. I think that, yeah. like, we use the word athleticism and all, but there's different types of athleticism. This is a really twitchy group, and, and that's one of the big things you learn from day one. And, and honestly, it's probably one of the more important things because they don't yeah. have pads on. Right. But you, you can kind of see, okay, does this team have some speed? Do they have some twitchiness? I think twitchy is a really good way to describe it, what, what yeah. I saw today. just it's a t- There's some burst. There's some explosive. There's some guys that just explode to the football. Yeah. Uh, so that's um, – that was something interesting. So we're we're going to move on to the mailbag next. That's going to be it for practice recap. Before we move on, we're going to bring Ryan Roberts in here. Before we move on, I want to uh, I want to kind of just remind you all to please do us a solid. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Ryan out of here for a second so people can see that right there. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. Give us a five star review, and of course, sign up for the message board. Uh, it, we would appreciate that very, very much. We've had huge signups in the last week or so. So, you know, join the party, right? Don't don't be left out, right? Join the party of what's going on.
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.